0: Welcome to Financial Freedom 101. I'm your host, Robert, and this is episode 12. Are you new to investing? Are you worried about losing money and therefore refrain from investing? If so, then this podcast episode is for you. On today's podcast, we'll be discussing risk mitigation. Whether you are new to investing or have been investing for decades, risk mitigation is something that you need to understand and think about each time you invest. In fact, I would say it is something that you need to research and know how to implement before you start investing. Think of it like buying insurance for your car, your home, or to protect your health. While we may try to do everything right, obey all the traffic laws, safeguard our homes, and or eat all organic healthy foods, there are countless factors out there that we simply have no control over. Because of this, We buy insurance to protect us against life's unexpected speed bumps and to pass on the burden of payment to somebody else. And that is exactly what risk mitigation does for investing. Before we can discuss exactly what risk mitigation is and how to do it, we must first understand what our own risk profile is. When I first started investing, I tried to learn on my own, but there was one piece of advice that I received from a financial planner that stuck with me. If I am kept awake at night due to my worry over how my investment is doing, I have chosen the wrong investment. Essentially, the financial planner was telling me to understand what my risk profile was and how much risk I was willing to take. As I was unsure of what I was doing, I started investing using only small amounts of cash in order to limit the amount of money I could lose. I did not know it at the time, but by investing small amounts of funds, I was actually practicing risk mitigation based on my risk profile. At the time, my confidence level was low. I didn't know the difference between a blue chip stock and a penny stock, except that the investment price was drastically different. As such, a large portion of my risk profile was centered on the dollar amount that I was investing. I was 19 years old. I was in the military, living in the barracks. I had no bills, no real responsibility, and I was getting a steady paycheck. So if I lost $100 on a stock, I wasn't too worried. However, if I was investing $200 or $300 in a single stock purchase, I was very concerned as I was a third of my monthly pay. With that said, as my confidence grew and I started understanding that each investment, be it a stock, bond, unit trust, or even property, had their own risk profile, I moved from being concerned on the dollar amount that I was investing to how much I was investing in a stock of a certain risk profile. The riskier the stock, the less I was willing to invest. For instance, blue chip stocks tend to be lower risk as they are associated with older, more reliable companies that show consistent profits each year, pay out consistent dividends, and possess the capability to weather a downturn in the economy. Conversely, Penny stocks tend to be high risk as they are associated with startup or unproven companies that could easily fold. As such, I could invest more in blue chip stocks without worrying as much as if I invested the same amount in penny stocks. The downside to this the lower the risk, the lower the return, while the higher the risk, the higher the return. You must weigh your appetite for risk on how much return you are willing to make. At the time, I wanted to make a consistent return, so I chose lower risk investments to invest in. With all of that said, a person's risk profile is not a static assessment, but changes throughout time. Your risk profile may remain constant for several years, or it could change multiple times in a single year. It all depends on the person and their personal circumstances. What is your experience with investing? What are your investment goals? What is the time of rising that you have to invest? What is your annual income? How secure is your income? And most importantly, what is your personal risk tolerance? Of all these elements that go into determining your risk profile, the hardest one to determine, especially if you're new to investing, is your personal risk tolerance. Risk tolerance is essentially a measure of how much loss an investor is willing to endure or how much market risk they can tolerate. Are you the type of person that needs to know how your stock is doing every day in order to sleep at night? Are you the type of person that would jump on the Internet to check your stock performance if you hear that Dow Jones lost 500 points today? What about if it lost 1,000 points? We hear in the news all the time about how much the stock market has gained or lost in the past day, week, or quarter. Most recently, we have been hearing about how cryptocurrency has experienced unprecedented growth during the pandemic, as well as its record-breaking losses over the last quarter of 2021. Your reaction to the performance of the market or the news that you are hearing concerning the market is directly linked to your risk tolerance and overall risk profile. While you can go on the internet and take a number of risk-related surveys or questionnaires to help determine your risk profile, By and large, the younger a person is and the less responsibility that person has, the more risk they are typically able or willing to take. The reason for this is because they have a larger investment horizon in which to recover any potential loss they suffer and tend to have more disposable income due to less financial commitments. As such, a 20-year-old with no family and limited bills can more easily recover from a loss than a 40-year-old with a family or a 60-year-old retiree living off of a pension. Again, this is different for everybody and is something you need to think about prior to starting to invest yourself. Now that we understand what a risk profile is, we can look at what risk mitigation is and how to implement it in our investment journey. Risk mitigation when it comes to investing is a strategy used to prepare for and lessen the effects of uncertainty in investment decisions. Essentially, it's looking at ways to allow you to invest while limiting the losses that may occur. The two primary ways to implement risk mitigation into your investment journey is through the use of asset allocation and diversification. Every investment that you make will involve some form of risk. But through the use of asset allocation, you can create a portfolio that suits your risk profile. Asset allocation is a method used to balance risk and reward by apportioning a portfolio's assets according to an individual's goals, risk tolerance, and investment horizon. In general, there are three main asset classes that individuals can consider, which include equities, such as stocks, unit trusts, and commodities fixed assets, such as bonds and certificates of deposits, and cash or cash equivalents, such as money market accounts and treasury bills. Although there is some overlap between the asset classes, exchange-traded funds, for example, overlap equities and fixed income, each asset class has its own level of risk and return associated with it. As mentioned previously, the greater the risk, the greater the return, while the lower the risk, the lower the return. As such, equities will tend to provide an investor a larger return than fixed assets or cash and cash equivalent assets simply because there is a greater risk involved with equities. While using asset allocation to mitigate risk is great, it's only part of the risk mitigation process. In order to truly mitigate your risk, you also need to understand and implement a diversification plan. We have all heard the saying, never put all your eggs in one basket. And that is exactly what diversification helps to prevent. Diversification helps to spread load your eggs across a number of different baskets. When it comes to investing, a diversified portfolio is one that offers a mix of asset types and investment vehicles in an attempt to limit the exposure to any single asset or risk. By using diversification in conjunction with asset allocation, you can create a portfolio that matches your risk profile. Are you able or willing to take a lot of risk in exchange for a greater return? If so, you can create a portfolio with 60% equities, 30% fixed income, and 10% cash assets. If you are risk averse, you can create a portfolio with 30% equities, 60% fixed income, and 10% cash assets. What this allows you to do is put your money in riskier investments while using the security of lower risk investments to offset potential losses. With all of that said, diversifying by asset classes isn't sufficient enough to truly mitigate the risk you are taking as it does not account for the type of industry you are investing in. Think about it. Even if you diversified your portfolio by investing in stocks or equities and bonds, fixed income, but hold all investments in a single industry, what good are you doing? In 2000, people bet everything on dot-coms, and lost everything when the bubble burst. In 2007 and 2008, they did the same thing on property. Now, people are doing it with cryptocurrency. In the past two months, even if you diversified your cryptocurrency holdings by investing in Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum, instead of a single cryptocurrency, it wouldn't have mattered because the crypto market as a whole has lost about 30% of its value. Let's take that one step further. What if you diversified your portfolio by investing in stocks such as Coinbase? While you diversified your portfolio among the asset classes, equities and cash or cash equivalent, you still invested in the same industry, cryptocurrency. Coinbase's stock price has largely followed crypto's trend and itself has lost about 25% of its value over the same period which is actually no surprise as it's within the cryptocurrency industry itself. To truly diversify your portfolio, you need to spread load your investment across different asset classes and industries. For us, we personally invest in stocks, unit trusts, cryptocurrencies, and of course property. For our stocks and unit trusts, we invest in multiple sectors. We have investments in IT, FMCG, fast-moving commercial goods or retail, if you will, REITs, which are a real estate investment trust and several other industries. For property investing, we are investing in single family rentals, houses of multiple occupation, where we rent out rooms instead of the whole house, and we focus on both student and professional accommodations. Ultimately, we are protecting ourselves from the downturn in any one industry by spread loading our eggs across multiple baskets. On top of this, We have a number of low-risk investments that are bringing in consistent gains and consistent dividend payments, which provide us the ability to buy more risky investments in the hopes of attracting bigger gains. I want to add a note here and state that property is a different investment vehicle than most. While property itself has an inherent value and is susceptible to market fluctuations due to it being a commodity, it has a second investment component to it in the form of rental income. This is actually why we love investing in property. During the pandemic, the property market in the U.K. went crazy and prices rose by an unprecedented 7% on average across the entire U.K., as compared to the normal 2 and 3% in previous years. However, rental demand for things like HMOs dropped as individuals were concerned over the spread of COVID. But the demand for single-family homes, on the other hand, grew. While we may have taken a loss on rental income for our HMOs, the value of one of our HMO properties actually increased by over £10,000, which we actually capitalized on when we refinanced our property. In addition to this, we also saw an increase in the average rent we could charge for our single-family homes. Win-win if you ask me. We know people who invested in property back in 2008, and by understanding the property market and its dual investment capability, they were able to protect their investment when the property market crashed. Despite the property value decreasing by almost 50%, their rental income was still enough to cover all of their bills and provided them a nice cash flow each month. And that's the beautiful thing about property. Everybody will need a place to live, regardless of how the market is doing. When it comes to risk mitigation, there are a number of ways to implement it. Asset allocation and diversification are simply two of the more common methods of doing this. Finding assets with dual investment capabilities, like property, is another way. A fourth way is through the use of investment techniques like dollar-cost averaging. Most people want to put in large sums of money into an investment all at one time, or will try to time the market and make investments during dips in the stock prices. However, using dollar-cost averaging will help to mitigate risk through the use of fixed investments on a routine and ongoing basis. By making monthly investments, you do not need to time the market. Each month, you invest a fixed amount, and risk is mitigated through the fact that on months in which the stock does well, you buy less funds. But on months in which prices go down, you are able to buy more. At the end of the day, you can actually still make money even in a down market due to the natural ebbs and flows of the market itself. As a bonus for listening to this podcast, I'm going to leave you with a trick for risk mitigation, especially if you are just starting out. If you want to learn about risk mitigation, but not have to worry about researching 20 or 30 different stocks and purchasing multiple stocks and having to keep an eye on each of them, consider starting out with investing in unit trust or mutual funds, depending on where you're from. Not only is a unit trust already a basket of different stocks, but they are clearly labeled as to what industry those stocks are from and the overall risk of that basket of stocks. Unit trusts are typically ranked on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being almost no risk and 10 being extremely risky. By investing in 3 or 4 unit trusts, you can actually hold investments in 50 or 60 different stocks in 3 or 4 different industries, covering 2 or 3 different asset classes all while ensuring your risk profile remains neutral or at whatever risk level you are comfortable with. Unit trusts are a great vehicle to start your portfolio as they give you multiple ways to mitigate your risk in a single, easy-to-understand package. No investment is risk-free, and regardless of your personal risk tolerance, there are ways to maximize your investment while minimizing the risks you are willing to take. Understanding risk mitigation and how to implement it in your investment journey is an extremely valuable tool. Even if you're risk adverse, using proper risk mitigation techniques will still allow you to invest in opportunities you might otherwise have avoided. I hope you enjoyed this episode and got something out of it. If you want to understand more about risk mitigation and the different techniques you can use to maximize your investment risk, visit our website and drop us a line or check out our Wolfpack Academy for details. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Until next time, thank you and have a great week ahead.